joining us now, the head coach of the Utah Jazz, Quinn Snyder. And coach, uh, we were just talking a little bit off the air about uh, about the uh, the FIBA tournament. Now, as, as a coach, you want your players to experience this, but you're also like, stay healthy. Like, yeah. what, what was the range of emotions like for you? Well, I, you know, I don't – it's – you want your players to – you know, to soak up the experience yeah, yeah. and to embrace it. And um, you, you you can't play this game in bubble wrap. And frankly, you know, guys can get hurt in August playing pickup games. In fact, sometimes that's, uh, you know, if you're wearing the wrong shoes and you're on the wrong court. And uh, there's obviously a competitive element where you want everybody to be healthy. But so does, you know, so do all the other teams. And um, I think... It, it for our focus uh, it was really neat to see all those guys at various times competing against each other yeah. um, you know Joe versus Donovan it certainly wasn't Joe versus Donovan but you, Australia and the US and then France and um, I think they enjoyed those competitive moments and you, I heard you guys I overheard you talking about the you know the late morning game, so we all had to either get up a little bit yeah. early, or you know get it, get them recorded and sent to me on Dropbox, and try to watch him before I get a chance to talk to Rudy. So I've actually seen him play. <laughs> what did uh, anybody reach out to you when uh, Rudy got that block against Donovan? Yeah, you know I, I think it's interesting. Those guys, you know, I think Donovan Donovan said some things to me about Rudy's play that were really. Um, impactful. Just there's a level of respect and appreciation. I think those guys on the other side of that came out. Um, you know, they both wanted each other to to, to play well. You know, yeah. there was a, that that bond. Um, it certainly didn't rise to you know both of them wanting to win. Um, but but it, it it was fun to see. It, that, that's the cool thing about international competition too. There's a you know, a purity to it when people are playing for their country. It's just, it's different, you know. And uh, it's why you see, you know, so many teams, you know, countries uh, embrace those teams and guys develop bonds, I think, especially in some smaller countries where they've played together for even longer. Um, and it's 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 a different type of basketball. And, you know, it's just like watching the Olympics. We see it, yeah. you know, in, in different sports as well. So it's, it's pretty cool. I've got to imagine that the benefits way out weigh the risks for a guy like Donovan Mitchell where so much was heaped on his shoulders, mm-hmm. so much responsibility yeah. was heaped on his shoulders, and now you get him back fresh out of that competition and yeah. where, he, where he's carried even more weight internationally. Right. Uh, what kinds of things can Donovan grow from from this FIBA experience? Yeah, I think you know he threw himself into it from the, from the outset, and it was almost whatever happens happens, and I know the the you know the things we talked about on the front end with him, you know, battling to be on the team that he's got to defend and make quick decisions and get off the ball and make the right play and make people better. And then as the as the summer went on, um, he gradually became uh, one of the, the you know their more important players offensively. And I, I think playing with other players from different teams. Um, and being part of that, you know, playing in different environments and uh, Coach Pop, obviously, and having a chance to do the things that Donovan did, it's a, it was a great opportunity for him. 
when you bring together a new collection of players, and every year is a little bit different, but this team is is quite a bit different than what we've seen over the last couple of years. How as a coach do you approach trying to put pieces together and, and combinations together uh, and, and try to create a new, not a new system, but some new wrinkles to what you do here? Yeah, I think, you know, that's that's a focal point for me and my staff. Uh, some of it's getting to know the guys that that are joining you and, mm-hmm. and thinking about how they'll interact with the guys that are here um, and, and listening, you know, and observing. Uh, and then, you know, you make some assumptions on the front end, so you've, you're planning as well. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the, the key thing for us is the underlying identity of the team doesn't change. You know, we still... You know, we still want to try to be as good as we can defensively. We've been, you know, we've been elite defensively, and that's something we want to aspire to, continue to aspire to. We may, you know, the coverages might be a little different. Matchups might be a little different. There's there's ways you can adjust, but the, the, the important thing is that defense is, is our identity, and we embrace it and we compete. The other thing, I think offensively, you know, the unselfishness and the way we play, that's that's ultimately the style of play. And how we use different guys or how they interact, it's kind of, you know, you go back two or three years, you know, and you, you see, you know, Gordon Hayward and George Hill, and those guys are different than the guys last year than obviously – you know, Mike Conley and Boyan are, are unique players offensively. So I think, again, it's my job to, to try to figure out how to help those guys maximize what they're doing. And it, it will take some tinkering, I, th- I think, as you look at it, you know, and you see we'll figure out different things that, to try to help them. I've always wondered that with professional coaches, and, and it feels like it, that NBA is getting more and more of that, where there's mm-hmm. tinkering and movement and experiments and, and matchups and mm-hmm. placements. And I'm wondering how much going into the season and, and what you've worked on and what you see in film and what you think mm-hmm. you can do with these players, how much does that actually translate? And how much changes as you get into some of these preseason games and into some regular season games, and then you make those movements sure. during those live moments? Yeah, you know, I, I think fundamentally as a coach, you have things big picture that you believe in and how those things are reflected and how you play is something um, that you're mindful of. I mean, that that's where for us, I mean, we don't have tape yet on these guys. We have individual tape, but, you know, Mike's not playing with, with Mark Gasol and Zach Randolph anymore. He's playing with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and Boyan's, um, you know, playing with Mike Conley. And there, there's, so there's so many things that, but as you know, you, you have to make some assumptions on the front end, which you can, you can do, you know, you know, you know, I know Boyan can shoot. <laughs> so yeah. um, there are certain things you're going to do for him. And, and Mike can pick and roll uh, with Rudy. No one's seen that, you know. So that's something, obviously, that we haven't seen. But, you know, I got a, I've got a pretty good instinct that, that that's going to be something that that's going to be something something that we like and go to and that they like. And, and then we'll coach them within that, you know, because as they learn to connect even more, I think players in combination – you know, continue to help each other get better. So, it's uh, it's not an exact science, but there there are some objective measures that you see over the course of the year. And you mentioned matchups. I think that's a, you know that's a big thing. You know, there's different combinations within a game, and trying to figure that that and that's that's similar every year. But we're getting to know the individual pieces more now too. 
you're certainly uh, capturing a lot of national attention. I know you probably don't spend a lot of time on that stuff, but when you become a little bit of the hunted and not the hunter, do you worry about a mindset of a team coming into a season? Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, we were picked third in the West last year, yeah. and I don't even, I don't think we're picked third in the West this year. So um, I don't know if we're being hunted or we're hunting or um, – like I hope we get hunted a little bit because yeah. that gives you urgency, and I hope we do some hunting too. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it, I think with that, it's the the key thing for us is to, you know, you guys know better than anyone. It, it, there's when you make observations about a game, you know, there's there's merit to that. Like the, we don't put our head in the sand and, and say, you know, we shot well, we shot bad. We I mean, we have to own those things, but at the same time. You know, we have to remember who we are and kind of stay strong um, and continue to be committed to the right things. And then if we have weaknesses that become real apparent, try to try to adjust them. But I guess what I'm saying is whatever the external uh, perceptions are, you know, however we process that, it's important for our, you know, focus to be on maximizing who we are. And that doesn't mean you don't have goals, you know. I mean, to your point, it's... Um, you know, ideally we have high goals and, you know, enthusiasm for those. But the way to get there is to kind of dig in. It was crazy seeing the NBA offseason. It feels like all the names, all the major names were thrown into a, a shaker, shaking around and throwing out. And thinking of Westbrook on the court with Harden and thinking yeah. about Anthony Davis on the court with LeBron when LeBron gets back and healthy. And, yeah. And trying to envisualize what the West is even going to look like. How much yeah. do you do that? How much do you spend on other teams' rosters and trying to figure out what it's going to look like? The, I think we all do through July, and 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 then it kind of settles in. And you know, there's there's it's kind of like we're talking about our team. You know, it's hard to really know what LeBron and AD are going to look like on the court, but you got a pretty good idea. They're you know, Paul George and Kawhi are going to probably be pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there, there's there's those parts of it. And then I think it's why, again, you know, we can control what we can control. And so even though, you know, there's – we're certainly following all that, we can't really impact that. You know, we can impact who we are and what we're doing. But, you know, it gets really thick when you start playing them I and you're scouting, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then you really need to think about those things. And, and um, you know, and that's, that's the nature of competition, right? How much time do you spend self-scouting? Uh, not just your team, but how you do things and, and your internal organization and your coaching staff. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, I think similar to our team, what I, what I would say is I think, you know, we have a staff that I think is really talented. We've, We've had guys move forward. Igor Kokoshkov, you know, a couple years ago went to Phoenix as a head coach. Tony Lang uh, moved on to Cleveland for, you know, an excellent opportunity and, you know, more responsibility in his position. And we've we've promoted within. Um, Zach Guthrie, Vince LaGarza, Lamar Skeeter, those three guys just, you know, really talented, you know, young coaches. But, you know, everybody's young at some point and, you know, intelligent tactically, um, excellent on the court, working with players and great with the relationship. So we've those three guys, you know, to me, will all spend time on the bench this year, along with obviously Johnny Bryant and Alex Jensen. And I think putting a team together, 
there's cohesion in a lot of different ways. Mike Wells, who's one of the guys that's been here since day one, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that he's doing in special situations, almost somewhat of a special teams coordinator, yeah. um, helping us prepare um, for all those different situations, not close games. Jeff Watkinson, um, who's taken on a role that, that I think is unique in terms of player development that's very integrated. We brought Brian Bailey um, from the Stars and brought him into our organization. Uh, so I... You know, I, I name a couple, a few of those guys, a lot of those guys, because I think it's just like a team. And every year, to your self-scouting point, um, I ask those guys to look at themselves. I look at myself. And we try to figure out ways to be better individually and better collectively. And sometimes that involves the evolution of roles. But um, I'm fortunate to have a group that's unbelievably, you know, supportive, loyal, and, and most importantly, like, really good. They know the game, and they know people, and I'm lucky to have the staff I have. What are some of the expectation conversations? Oh, we got to go. Yeah, oh, gotta yeah go. sorry. So, yeah, I got to no, 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 go. I got to go plan practice. Yeah, yeah right. no. Actually, I, I got a little left done. Okay, <laughs> yeah. guys, thanks, thanks very coach. much. Okay. There you go. Quinn Snyder joining us right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone.